Welcome to another amazing episode of Kazi's Audio Experience. This is the podcast where we're not only going to sharpen our technical skills, but we're going to learn to become profitable as filmmakers. What is going on, everybody? Um, today's topic is going to be three tips on dealing with clients. And, uh, you know, I like to overpromise, over deliver, so I'm not going to stick with three. I broke it down in three main categories. So first, I'm going to bust some myths. That's going to be number one. Then we're going to talk about the tips. And then last, we're going to do FAQs. These questions are curated uh, by um, me. And the questions came from you guys. Yesterday I did a story and I asked you guys, hey, drop in some questions, I'm gonna go live today. So I took the creme of the creme and brought those questions in and then I'm gonna address them at the end. So let's just get started. I'm gonna take a second to just say this. There's nothing um, that I talk about that I haven't done. Uh, if I'm gonna give you an advice or if I'm gonna talk about something, it's all the things that I have already implemented and have done and Fortunately, most of the things that I'm talking about have panned out on the positive side for me. So that's what I'm talking about. I'm not in like, you know, just like whatever I heard somewhere and I'm passing it on to you guys because I can't own that. I can't take accountability on that, so I'm not gonna do that. So everything that you're gonna hear now or ever from me is gonna be tried and tested. It's all practical stuff and just dish the fluff. So with that being said, let's get right into it. Let's bust some myths. And the number one is difficult clients. I'm gonna say there is no such thing as difficult clients, okay? I hear this all the time and I'm gonna tell you what the problem is. The problem is not the client, the problem is you. What needs to happen is that this mentality of like, hey, I'm dealing with difficult clients means that you like to point fingers and you, you like to point blames on other people. So that needs to shift. Okay, it's, it's the mindset, so you need to change that. The problem is not the client. You need to take some accountability. And that's one of those things that you might just hear it and be like, what the hell he's talking about? Think about it, just critically think about it. If you are the client, if you're hiring someone, um, how are you gonna approach that situation? You always have to put yourself in somebody else's shoes and kind of try to see the picture from that perspective and uh, it will blow your mind, like how many times you're just gonna like, you know, stop saying something, otherwise that you would have said that you would be like, it's not worth saying, because if the tables were turned, I wouldn't have liked that. And um, the second myth is, I can't land gigs because I don't have, I don't own a red camera, or Alexa Mini or whatever, or I don't have a proper studio, so I can't color grade because I can't bring in clients. Again, guys, this is false. Client will not care how you get the job done as long as you freaking murder it and the results just speak for themselves, okay? I have quoted clients $15,000 to then show up with my OG Blackmagic, you know, cinema camera, the first one, the 2.5K with EF mount lenses, like regular photography lenses, shot the whole project edited and graded it in my bedroom at the time because we were living in a two bedroom place and my son had a room and then I just shared our bedroom as like bedroom slash studio and killed it and I've been working with that client for the last seven, eight years and the relationship is going strong. So what I'm trying to tell you is that that does not matter 
again, mindset. Like it's just those excuses and things that we get in the habit of. So just stop yourself. Anytime you think like that, just stop yourself. That's not true. And the third myth is, hey man, there's just too much competition. It's not the same like how it used to be. Like what is the same and how was it used to be? Um, because of social media, opportunities are freaking endless now. It's so easy to approach anyone and everyone and just slide into somebody's DM just like that. Whereas before you had to go through all these middlemen and like gatekeepers to even get to someone. So that right there is just couldn't be more false. And uh, again, like a very paralyzing mentality and you don't need that. So competition, if there's competition, then that's good. That just means that there's a demand for whatever that occupation is that you're in. And if that's what's happening, then instead of thinking about there's too much competition, it starts thinking about how can you stand out? Um, how can you be irreplaceable? So that's the key. And again, mindset, that's what you need to think about. All right, now I'm gonna get into the tips, okay? So the first one I'm gonna say when you're working with clients, number one thing is listen. Easier said than done, okay? What I mean by listen is go in with an open mind. A lot of the time, um, you'll go in and you have your own like reservations and how you can approach something or whatnot, but just think about it, again, from their perspective, if you're the director, if you're the creative director and it's your baby, it's your project, you live with it for like five, six months, whatever, then you don't want just somebody else coming in regardless of their caliber to just take over and throw their own spin. You know, because it's just much more involved when you're working on big campaigns, whether it's for Nissan or Honda, or whatever, when you're working on that level, man, it goes, it runs deep. Like the cohesion and all those things are so important that you can't just go in and just like start like, you know, whipping some cool tricks and just show them like what you got. Like that's not what they're looking for. So listen, keep an open mind and also give people the benefit of the doubt. You'll be freaking surprised that People most of the time know what they're talking about. Again, if it's somebody who has been living with the project and you will not just walk in and know more than what you know the backstory is of each character and what they're looking for. So give them the benefit of the doubt, hear them out and keep an open mind. And then um, think of it, I really want you to think of this, okay? You're going to work on a project that was shot by somebody, you know, let's just say if you're an editor or something, I'm just gonna use uh, editor as an example. So you're going into a project that was shot by some awesome DP, there was a, a dedicated creative director or director, there was a production, so like, you know, the budget was there, whatever. Now you're working on a pretty dope project and all you're doing is to cut it and make it even better. At the end, you're gonna get this final product that's gonna go on your demo reel or whatnot or on your portfolio, your website. When you think about it from that perspective, at that point, basically, you're getting a boot camp, you're gaining experience, and you're getting your hands on that kind of footage, and you're learning industry standard, like wherever you're working, and then you're getting paid for it. So you gotta think about it that way. Like it just, once you start looking at things from this perspective that I'm talking about, you're gonna just be a happy person. Like you're just gonna start feeling very comfortable with what you work on and all this added pressure that you know when you go in with a certain mentality that the clients are difficult or blah, 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 that's off your shoulders and then you can just focus on one thing which is being creative and being productive, okay? And then number two, teamwork. 
I cannot stress on this one enough how important teamwork is. It's crazy. Bring your 150%, and I'm not joking. Like, what I mean by 150 is basically own it, okay? And F your ego. Ego, leave it at home. And I'll tell you why. Told you so and proving someone wrong is not gonna get you anywhere. What it's gonna do is that you're not gonna get a call back, okay? So it's a lose-lose situation. Like it's not gonna get you anything at all. So in the moment, if you try to put someone in their place, what good is it if nothing comes of it and you lose the job and you don't get called back the next time? So think about that. That's why teamwork is very important. And then collaboration is amazing. What happened with teamwork is that a lot of the time, if we're, the, the way things go nowadays in 2019, a lot of people are wearing multiple hats, right? So then when you work on a project, you just wanna do multiple things and it's like easier to do it yourself than to delegate it to someone else. But as a team player, it's your responsibility, it's your duty to hand it off like different tasks. Like if I am a colorist, then I don't wanna conform. Can I do it? Of course I can do it, but they have a conformist. So then I'm gonna educate that conformist or somebody, an online editor, how to bring that footage into Resolve so then I can jump in and I can start grading. I'm actually doing them a favor by giving them a quick bootcamp on like how to properly do it, prep everything for color, and then at the same time, they're doing me a favor because now I'm not getting exhausted doing some, you know, living in the dirt and doing the work that I shouldn't be doing. I should be working on the macro and looking at the bigger picture to make that, you know, film look whatever the vision is from the director's point of view. So. Think about these things, okay? That's why collaboration is so important. It takes so much pressure, so much work off your shoulders, you're just handing it off to someone else, but at the same time, it's a win-win because they're learning something and then you're gaining time, and time is money um, for the client and for you because you can spend that time not doing the grunt work, but the creative work. And then, um, this is teamwork will be the best way to build long-term relationships because just think about it. Like if you just keep it to yourself and you're the kind of dude who's a freelancer, gets to work, does his thing, you know, uh, goes to lunch by himself, you're not building any relationship. You're going to be forgettable. So you, you know, you do a kick-ass job, doesn't matter. You walk out the door, next time they try to call you, you're on a different job, they call someone else, that someone else comes in and starts killing it you're already forgotten. But if you were that dude who was all about collaboration and bouncing ideas back and forth and having conversations and maybe grabbing a beer after work, then man, you're just set. You're gonna be the go-to guy and there's nothing more beautiful in the film industry or in the creative world than being the go-to person. Uh, Coen Brothers' go-to cinematographer is Roger Deakins, you know, and he could be everybody's, like, you know, cinematographer if they can afford him, they can have him on board. But, like, you know, David Fincher will go with, you know, certain actors or, like, you know, think of Christopher Nolan and, you know, his team. Like, they, they bring their own teams together and to be that go-to person for anyone like, you know, you already killed the game. So you gotta think about that. That's why collaboration and teamwork is so important and you can't always just keep to yourself. You have to be sort of like, think about it as building relationships with people and taking it a step further than just collecting paychecks. And then third tip is pure intent. This is probably the most important one because don't, you don't need to go in with the mentality of I'm, the, I'm in it to make a quick buck and then I'm out. Um, you can't do that. You can't do it because 
that whole thing behind like, you know, fake it till you make it, F that garbage, okay? That's out the door. People, the social media age made people way too freaking smart. Like way too freaking smart. So in this day and age, people can just see right through your BS and you're not fooling anyone, okay? So you, you can't be doing that. Um, and what happens is that if you were to take accountability and if you do treat it as like it's your own project, then you're gonna give your 150% and you're gonna bring your A game and when that happens, the product is gonna speak for itself. You're gonna literally work for 18 hours and not be looking at the clock for like as soon as you hit the eight hour mark or 10 hour mark. So at the end, what you're gonna get is gonna land you a bigger gig because now what you got is like lives features on your freaking website above your freaking demo reel because the product was so good because you gave your whole thing. And then the client is so happy that then now they can't wait to bring you back. So it's a freaking win-win. So that's what I'm talking about, like why these things are so important. So many people like get so pissed when I say give your 150 and they go, what the hell are you talking about, man? I have family, I have kids, blah, 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 blah. Like if I'm going in for work, it's gonna depend how much they're paying me. This just made me freaking puke in my mouth. Like that mentality right there. This is the reason why you're probably not getting paid what you wanna get paid. You can't think like that. You have to separate yourself from like the 99% and those 99% always seem to have freaking problems whereas the 1% that usually dominates is just living in the cloud. They're doing their own thing because they're thinking differently. A lot of it is not like doing more than what you're already doing. It's just the freaking mindset. It's just little shifts, like little mind shifts and those, that's the breakthrough. When that happens, it's game over. And I'm saying all these things because over the last decade, these things happened one by one by accident for me. And now I'm just here, just like, boom, giving it, you know, putting it on a platter. I haven't worked from the office since 2012. Like I just went the freaking freelance route and my wife and I joke and laugh about it all the time. It's like, do we even work? Like, what is this life? Like, we get to freaking vacation, we get to see whoever we want, like, we just take random vacations on a freaking Monday to Friday, Monday to Saturday, like, what is happening? What is this life? And we get to afford everything? It's because we went in, like, there was that mentality, we stuck with it. We never changed our framework, and that, like, that mindset is very important, and that's what I'm trying to tell you, trying to preach you. Okay, so let's get into the FAQ. So the first question I'm gonna attack is best approach when clients are personal friends. This is an amazing question. I think this is a great question. Um, I am right there with you. I know why you're asking this question and I do not like mixing work with friends or family. Uh, it's a slippery slope and if any little thing goes wrong, it can become a really big problem and really big deal. So my advice is gonna be, again, all the tips that I shared here, go in with an open mind and same thing, like just be as open as possible. Just be as open as possible. Think out loud, think out loud. Like seriously, like, like uh, my cinematographer instructor in college always said those things. So like I'll be standing on, you know, on set and thinking about lighting and he'll just always say, Kazi, think out loud, think out loud, think out loud. And it kind of got buried in my head. And now I say that to people, like anytime I see somebody just kind of like thinking, I'm just like, hey, think out loud. So when you're working with friends, uh, the best thing that I can tell you is, you know, honesty, forefront, like just be, just tell them how it is or what you're feeling or what's going on and uh, over communicate. 
And that's never a bad thing, especially in our field because everything is so subjective. Okay, uh, best process for talking about money? Simple, super simple. Best process um, for talking about money is that should be something that should come up right away so then there is no skeleton in the closet. That's not something that you want it lingering at the end or till the end. Uh, and especially if it's bothering you and if something like, you know, that's going through your head, just like in the beginning, be like, hey, what are you looking for? Is it gonna be a flat fee or do you wanna do a day rate? This is my day rate. And then uh, for the flat fee, just be very careful. For a flat fee, don't just like throw a number loosely, okay? I've gotten screwed many freaking times in my life. So what you wanna do is hear out the whole thing. If you're a colorist, how long is the short film? Somebody can say 10 minutes long, cool. How many different cameras did you shoot with? Okay, one camera, that's cool. How many different locations? Four locations, cool. Um, after having all that information, when do you need it done by? Okay, how is it gonna be delivered to me? Once you have all these questions gathered, then you can you know, throw a solid number and say, hey, this is a flat fee and that includes one revision and then everything will be additional after that. So like, you know, stuff like that. So like really be methodical with the flat fee, but day rate, give them your day rate, go from there. Also be flexible because, you know, your day rate is $0 if you're a freelancer because when I'm not working, yes, I can charge people 2,500 a day, 5,000 a day, whatever the hell I want. But if I'm not working, uh, my day rate is $0. So when you have that mentality that your day rate is zero dollars and uh, then you see something that's freaking so cool and it's shot right and it's a passion project and you just watch it and you go, you know what? I'll do it for a hundred bucks. I'll do it for 200 bucks. I'll do it for free because you have time and you're worth zero dollars that day. Why not stay creative and stay productive and put something on your reel and do a badass job and put out good karma. So that's what you got to think about money put money first if, if that's what's going through your head, it's not a big deal, it's not a taboo subject. Like I talk about openly about, you know, hey, how much do you make? What's your salary, blah, blah, blah. It's, we just make it a weird thing in our head, but it's not that big of a deal, just uh, keep it casual. Next question, clients don't know how much work it is, they won't pay enough, how do you deal with that? That, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna call you out, um, but, that's terrible, that, that's a cancerous mentality. I do not support it at all for one second. So you gotta knock it off and you gotta like watch this video and whatever I just talked about and it's not the client, it's you. Um, nobody, you know, made you work on that project on a gunpoint, you took that project. So if you accepted it, it's in your hands. So um, we're all adults, like we're grown ups, and it's it's literally, we're in control. Nobody else is in control, we're in control. So I'm just gonna say that about this question. What is the most important thing while dealing with clients? Uh, patience, uh, empathy, and uh, just pure understanding. Like just, uh, and empathy would be that thing, and humility too, humility where you just go in as, you're just water, you know, you're floating. Like, you know, just give it. Like to have people just, hey, talk to me, give me everything, I'm gonna be a sponge, I'm gonna take it all in. And most of the time you'll be surprised how that's gonna trigger some sort of like, you know, creative, ju you know, like get something going. Like, you know, like you'll hear something and you'll be like, oh my God, like you connect the dots and you're like, oh, I can do this with what you just said that and boom. And all of a sudden something comes from it. So um, that's the most important thing. How to proceed as a freelancer? 
freelancing is, you know, everybody wants to be a freelancer because you get to make your own schedule and you know, it's what, what is it? It's five o'clock and I'm here. Like, I mean, and I spent like the last 15, 20 minutes prepping for this. So it's like, I'm home. I don't work from the office. I just do my own thing. And I tell you guys, I'm going to go live. Then I freaking go live. So life is beautiful. Freelancing is a freaking dream. The thing is that it takes a little bit to get there and it, uh, all the things that I talked about, the mind shift is gonna get you there, okay? The mind shift is gonna freaking get you there, nothing else. So you really have to uh, proceed it with, have some naivete, have a bigger picture with what you wanna do, take 110%, 150% accountability for everything you work on, build relationships and go deeper than just like I'm in it to make a quick buck toss the bullshit of like fake it till you make it and really own it and learn the tools and get better at it and uh, find your edge. You have to be irreplaceable if you're gonna be a freelancer and survive in this day and age. And you have to be the Swiss army knife. You have to be a jack of all trades sort of and master of everything, not master of like, forget about that whole thing too, master of none and jack of all trades. Like in this day and age, we can really become experts in multiple things. And that thing is hot right now. With social media, you know, you're given a project and they just want you to cover the entire gamut. Whether you hire a team, whether you do it yourself, they don't care. They'll give you an X amount of money and then you go off and do your thing. So. Uh, be that person. I do do that. You know, I'm a cinematographer. I went to school for cinematography, editing, then became a colorist, and now I do creative direction. I do it all. I, I, and I fucking kill at all of these things because when I go in, I go in with a mindset that whatever project it is that I'm attacking, I'm the fucking best at it. Like, I'm just going in with that attitude. I don't give a fuck if somebody were to tell me that, hey, dude, what the hell, like, you know, you're not Fincher and you're doing something dark or you're not Ridley Scott and you're doing the spot, like, you know, like you're all that, like, no, when I'm going in, I'm freaking in because I own it. Like I freaking live and breathe this thing. It's me. This is my passion. Like I do this for freaking living and it never feels like work. So you need all these things. And I'm telling you, people are way too smart. They can see right through your BS and my charisma and my passion is what makes me who I am. And uh, let me not only survive, but freaking thrive in this industry. How do you make new clients? How to approach them? Okay, so that's a good question. How do you make new clients? You make new clients right here. So you find your favorite DP, you find your uh, you know favorite director, whoever, and you go reach out to them. You DM them and you say, how can I help you? Um, I am, I am willing to give you my services for free. I can jump on anything and everything you got going on, small or big, I just wanna help out. Uh, can you send me a few, you know, can you send me something that I can color for you and you know, for you to try it out, there's nothing for you to lose. Um, I just wanna show you how much I appreciate your work and I wanna give something back. Always come in with a give, 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 give attitude because there's so much noise in social media that if you come in for half a second of like that you're trying to take something from them, they're just gonna ignore it, they're just gonna move on. Social media is literally genuinely the best tool out there right now and it's not going anywhere when it comes to uh, getting clients and reaching out to people. LinkedIn is a big one if you wanna land like those big sharks like 15,000, 10,000, $20,000 gigs or even more. So LinkedIn, LinkedIn would be that but it's sort of like a slow machine, it takes time to get going, but that's why you gotta get started right now. 
Um, so yeah, this is a great question. And then follow-ups, right? So like once you uh, reach out to someone, that's not the end, that's the beginning. You gotta keep you know, hitting them up. And at the end of the day, it's a numbers game. So you, you can't be selective about it. Like just when you go out, freaking explode, go out, like go, let, go ham reach out to 10 billion people, like no joke, like reach out to literally have uh, a goal to reach out to 10 to 15 people a day and just do it. Um, go, 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 go. Even in the beginning, if you kind of have to start mindlessly because you're just like, it's too intimidating, I can't like personalize message for each one, blah, 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 then make it easier for yourself. Uh, keep the process frictionless and just go. And then once you're in it and in, you're in the swing of things, then you're gonna figure it out to like, you know, uh, contextualize and things like that. But excellent question, man, thank you. How do you land your first big client? My first big client was my first full-time job. I mean, that really started everything. And because I just have such a crazy hustler attitude and a lot of naivete, when I moved to California in 2010, I went hard, it took me freaking month and a half or a couple of months, actually three, four months to land my first gig. And during that time, I was side hustling like nobody's business. So I was I was surviving, um, you know, ups and downs here and there because freelancing was like so new and like I had to get my own place and moved out of my parents' place and it was kind of hard. But a full-time job with the racing company where I traveled around the country and just, you know, did like mini documentaries on race car drivers, which was super cool. And you know, we're shooting in slow motion and we have access to any and every camera we want and GoPros and all that stuff. We have, you know, uh, behind the scene access to like all the drivers and pit guys and all that stuff. So it's like, it was really freaking cool to tell those stories and they were dramatic and with like, you know, really like somber music or like a lot of tension. And that's kind of like my genre too. My favorite director is David Fincher and I like like really dark thrillers and that kind of stuff. So it was just right up my alley and I just love that stuff. And then even like my director at that job, like liked my direction and just gave me full freedom to kind of go with it. Did it for two years. And then after that, I you know started freelancing in 2012 and just like never looked back but that's how i started and that was like my first big thing but it wasn't big in terms of money that i made but it was big that started me off like just gave me the platform i want to become a vfx animator so do i have to learn 3d animation software before joining university or you don't need to join university uh the problem with universities and i don't mean to offend anyone is that um, most of the people that are teaching you at a college level university, unless you're going to an Ivy League school, are gonna be people that unfortunately didn't really make it. They're not really practitioners. They're not out there doing it. You know, they're just like, whatever they're reading in books, they're teaching you that, and I'm gonna tell you why. Um, one of my classes in school, like the entire class, like 16 weeks, uh, Eight out of 16 weeks we spent watching the first scene from freaking Space Odyssey and that's why now I freaking hate that movie. Like 2001 Space Odyssey, like I freaking hate that movie because I spent eight freaking weeks breaking down every frame to what Stanley Kubrick is thinking. And if, he's, if he was alive today, I freaking promise you, if we would have just asked him straight up what was going through your head, he would have been like, instincts. I've made so many movies that this is just what I wanted. And that's what I put on the piece of paper. And then everybody else was so good that they just went to freaking town. And that's what we ended up with. So it, 
it makes me again want to puke just thinking about that like what happens and the reason why those instructors are doing that is because they don't have anything of their own to show you so then they're they're just going in there so deep and breaking it down and just overcomplicating the f out of it making those directors gods in front of you and making you feel so small that when you come out of college you went in with high hopes and you wanted to be the next Spielberg and then you come out and you feel lucky to be a PA and getting coffee to a no-name director. You understand what I'm saying? So no, you don't need to freaking go to, sorry for the tangent, but what I'm trying to say is that I'm trying to save you $200,000 right now. You don't need to go to college and I'm also trying to save you four years of your life right now. There's everything online. FX PhD, go on there, eat up any and everything that's on there for your visual effects needs and just take your game to the next level. Ask friends, ask anyone and everyone that can hook you up with some footage so you can drop in some matte paintings and like show your freaking chops and then send that to whoever you admire and wanna work with. And if you do all the things that I just told you, within three months, you're gonna be working with like really big freaking companies, no joke. I wanna shoot, but I don't wanna edit any movies. Can I still earn something without post-production phase? Absolutely, so that's another good question by Barack. Um, yes, you can, so this is fine. That's totally fine, because what you can do is you can shoot the hell out of it, like shoot how you mean it, and just go in with whole heart, and then uh, if it's really well done, um, you know, go on Instagram and go on social media network and whoever you like, editors, Vimeo, and hit them up, DM all those people and just be like, hey, watch some of this footage. It's freaking pure gold. I would love for you if you can cut it for me and it's gonna be a collaboration. You're gonna get to work with amazingly shot, great content that you can use and that's gonna go on your reel and then I'm gonna have the edit. So these collaborations happen all day freaking long. Like freaking three days ago, I graded my friend's uh, Kickstarter campaign teaser. So he's gonna do a full length, like feature length film, but he shot a teaser. It was shot with red, looked great. I loved the dude, I believed in him. So I took his project and I graded it and I freaking killed it. Like not bragging, it's freaking amazing. I'm actually gonna drop a Vimeo link so you guys can see it in 4K full quality in my story so you guys can check it out. It's freaking phenomenal. He is losing his freaking shit and I did it for free because why the hell not? It took me like no time. It was just a teaser. It was two and a half minutes long. I took it and I freaking just knocked it out of the park. I feel like that might as well be like some of my best work I've ever done. But, you know, I just had time, collaboration. Now tomorrow, if I'm looking for a DP, if I'm looking for a freaking director for something, don't you think that I can just hit him up and he's gonna be like, dude, tell me when and where I'm there. So, you know, think about all those things. I didn't do it with that intention at all. I did it because I trust the dude and I believe in him and I respect him. But what I'm saying is that it's with that attitude, when you go in with that attitude, it will always be a win-win. How I can find order for if I uh, living in Siberia. Okay, so that's another question. That's a good question. So if you're living overseas, two things that you gotta keep in mind. If you wanna be like a creative director or not even a creative director, if you wanna be like a concept developer or something like that, like, you know, writer, if you're a writer and if you're just writing a script, you could be anywhere in the world. You can write the script, reach out to anyone and everyone on the internet and you can have a great career, doesn't matter where you live. If you wanna do something in production, yes, you're right. You're gonna have to move. If you're in production, you're gonna have to move to LA, you're gonna have to move to Belfast. Like, 
wherever it is, you have to move somewhere where there's work, London, whatever it is. So uh, for production, it's an important thing. Post, same as pre-production, does not matter. Um, I use Colorist from Russia because they don't charge me in dollars. So the rate, like I get smoking deals and their talent is freaking unreal. They're killers. Their internet speed is one gig down, one gig up. So we're transferring files like we're sitting next door and it's freaking perfect. So that's what I do. Uh, when it comes to post-production, many companies are doing that. I worked on a job for Honda and Red overheated and the sky was doing this weird thing like crazy artifacts. We shipped it that same day to India and then they worked on it overnight, fixed everything, sent it over basically within 12 hours and then we just you know, uh, went on about our day. So it's like that sort of things are very possible now. So post-production, pre-production, no problem. Something in production, you're gonna have to move. Uh, so I've done some short films and I've worked on one feature film. I'd like to move into commercials though. How do I land that first commercial job? So what you do is you take that feature film and you turn it into many like spec spots, like small spots. So let's just say if you have 18 car shots in there, like somehow, whatever, like from different angles, inside, outside, blah, blah, blah. Um, throw a nice music behind it, write a little script where it's like a car is going from this place to that place and people are laughing and having fun, this and that. Now that could be a freaking car commercial, you know? Um, take something else within that, you know, that could be like in the movie, like, you know, you're celebrating somebody's birthday or something like that put four shots next to each other, turn it into a 15 to 30 second spec, spec spot, and now you got another one. So you can turn, you can take whatever you have, the macro, macro being the long feature film, and you can create micro contents from it instead of like going out there and reshooting and redoing all the work. And then when you send it to people, you can explain to people what's happening here and what your goal is. And as long as they can see your direction and how you tell the story, Job done, you can do it. So that's how you should do it. I live in the Middle East and I wanna do filmmaking stuff. It's my passion. I make short films with my mobile and gimbal. It's all about creativity, so many tips, how to work abroad. So any tips. Yeah, so I mean, again, equal as brother with the Joker face. Yeah, so the tip is gonna be the same, what I just said, um, pre-production, post-production, super easy. Uh, you can do it from anywhere. Um, you can reach out to anyone even in America. Um, for production, you kind of have to be in the right place. And there's a lot of production happening in Middle East right now. I don't know which part of Middle East, but if you're in Dubai or something like that, or, you know, UAE, like, you know, some big stuff is going down, like Hobbs and Shaw, and like, there's so many movies. I mean, I just mentioned one, but even uh, Ghost Protocol and like, you know, the, probably the next James Bond, they're gonna do stuff there. There's so many commercials that are being shot there. So that's the hot spot right now. So you're in a good spot. Um, and just focus on that. And guys, ultimately, I'm just gonna wrap it up and uh, I, I'm gonna end this on um, one huge like umbrella, like the macro tip, which is gonna be mindset, guys, mindset. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, okay? It's just all about the mindset and I just need you to, um, if there's one thing that you're gonna take away from this, is anytime you find yourself in a situation where you're kind of like, you know, saying, not complaining, but even venting and saying like, oh man, this project sucks or this and that and the other thing, I want you to just one, 
do everything that you can to turn it around technically. So if it's like a color grade and I'm saying, dude, what kind of lens did, did this guy use because there's so much vignetting, blah, blah, blah. First, I'm gonna go in and do everything from the skill set point of view to fix it. And then if I can't fix it, then I'm gonna, like I said, switch my, you know, have a different mindset and look at it as like, what do we got? What's the best we can get out of it? and how can I still salvage it to the point where at the end of the day, it's gonna be a win-win for everyone. Do you have any online resources to get onto productions? Hold on, so I, well, Film Riot. So first of all, just go on YouTube and eat up everything from Film Riot. Aperture, A-P-U-T-U-R-E, Aperture, eat everything else, everything from them. And then last is gonna be Indie Mogul. Indie Mogul is my new favorite, oh my God, insane dude. All this education is available online uh, on YouTube. And also this guy edits, he's amazing too. So it's literally this guy edits. If these four things that I just showed you, these four influencers that I just shared with you on YouTube, that's it. That's your freaking you know production school. That's your freaking pre-production school. And then obviously your boy right here, I'm gonna be relaunching my freelance colorist masterclass which is 23 freaking hours of just hardcore content to take your color grading game to the next level, which happens next month. So when it comes to post-production, hit me up. When it comes to production, when it comes to pre-production, go online and look those people up that I just told you. And on that note, love each and every one of you. Thank you so much for participating. Please don't stop doing that. Keep that a two-way street. Love you all. Guys, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with friends, subscribe to this channel, and I will see you in the next episode.